Hour three continues. We would take the DR's call, but we got to get into this bracketology, so I guess we'll just have to. <laughs> just kidding. All right, bracketology coming up in just a second. First, we have the one, the only DR Vol on the horn. What's up, DR? You're on three and out. What's going on, guys? I'll make it quick. You don't have so to make it still- quick. Is Phillips, I almost said a joke, but I don't know if I can say that on radio. <laughs> it, it was a Michael Scott reference. But uh, is, so Phillips is not playing tomorrow? Uh, it's a game day decision. Ga- yeah, game day decision. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm not known for my optimistic takes, and since it's Optimism Tuesday, I just I kind of wanted to call in to defend Rick Barnes if, if that's okay with Hickman. Hey, by all means, the floor is yours. I, I don't kill people for being positive, Dr. But it's the other. You can't be negative. Uh, now, when I say this, you got to remember this is 100% genuine and sincere. Uh-huh. I'm I'm tired of Barnes bashing. I think he's a really nice man and a really nice guy. And honestly, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Don't y'all think? <laughs> we could go back to having the curtains up there. Well, exactly. I mean, and you gotta you gotta have perspective. You know, it's kind of like when. Uh, my neighbor one time, he's a big Tennessee fan, but he got to complain about his electric bill. And I'm like, Drew, man, don't complain because 50, 60 years ago, we didn't even have air conditioning to make our electric bill go up. So it could be worse. I, I do think it's about perspective. And <laughs> we sucked in basketball over two decades ago, and we got to remember that for fans like me and Hickman that didn't see that. It's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I, I cried legitimately cried when we got put out of the lead eight with Barnes, we're not gonna have to worry about that i would rather have a first weekend disappointment than a second weekend disappointment <laughs> and i'll say this and i mean this genuinely he may not lead us to the final four but he's gonna lead us to church and uh, again i just want a nice guy as a coach i i've always said two things in life i need i need a nice man as my preacher and a nice man is my basketball coach Mm. Yep. You got 20, 25 million lying around, DR? Uh, I'm I'm about uh, 25 million short, mate. Uh, man, if you're 25 million short of 20 million, that's that's rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, credit cards, they, they had up over <laughs> the uh, Interest rate Med- will get you. Medical bills, yeah. Inflation, oh. all that. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I'm going to hop off here. Um, when y'all get done with bracketology, could y'all let me know how you saw it? the L.A. season's been going, if they're happy with their coach, you know, have a good Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Feel the love in the air there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, UCLA, they definitely, uh, hindsight being twenty twenty. I mean, I think they're sitting pretty right now and probably thanking their lucky stars that they did not pay the buyout at the time. 21-4, and four, ranked number four in the country. Two years removed from a Final Four appearance. UCLA is a number two seed in the West region uh, with Houston as their number one seed. Mm. Yeah. So uh, they got that going for them. Uh, The three in that bracket is Kansas State. The four is Iowa State. In the Midwest, the number one seed is Purdue. 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 The number two seed is Texas. Texas. And the number three seed is Tennessee. This is the, the all Rick Barnes uh, mini regional here. It kind you, of is, you yeah. Got, uh, you got Tennessee versus Furman in the opening round. Then uh, the winner of Clemson, New Mexico, takes on Rutgers 
so he could face his old. It's it's kind of the all orange mini Rick Barnes region. So you got Clemson in it. Then uh, the two seed is Texas. So obviously you got the ties there. That'd be pretty interesting. Texas A and M is the ten seed down there too. Good for them. At least they're in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four seed in that bracket is Xavier. And of course Purdue was the one. So Arkansas is a nine. Jeez. Yeah, in the South, Alabama's the number one. They would open their tournament in Birmingham. Real tough, tough road to hoe there. Uh number two is Baylor, three Marquette, and four Indiana. Hmm. And then the East, number one is Kansas. Uh number two, Arizona, three Virginia and four Gonzaga. Oh, that's a uh that's a deadly pool right there. Kansas, Arizona, Virginia, Gonzaga, all in the same mm-hmm. region. That's insane. Yep. As you look at the bubble, uh, last four buys, West Virginia, Auburn has now slipped down to last four buys. They better get their bleep together. Uh, Boys State and Memphis are in that boat as well. Last four in the tournament. Guess who has clawed their way in? The Mississippi State Bulldogs. Good for them. Yeah. They have been on a nice little tear lately. They're closing. North Carolina is now last four in. New Mexico and Clemson. First four out. Oregon. Kentucky. USC and Wisconsin. Next four out. Charleston, Arizona State, Seton Hall, and Utah. So I guess our win over Southern Cal not looking as good lately as it did early in the year. No, but we still got Texas and Kansas. I mean, they're doing no, no, great. I know, I know. Maybe we can knock off Alabama tomorrow night and put another notch on the old belt. And hopefully this weekend we just absolutely just completely end Kentucky's chances. Oh, that'd be sweet. Who'd you say they have tomorrow? Uh, they are at Mississippi State. Woo wee! Way it's going right now. Give me Stark Vegas. That's a last four in versus a first four out game. Mm-hmm. Bubble playoff game. There you go. Excited about it. Excited about it. I mean, I don't know. Two, three. Is there anything that can happen tomorrow that would just make you mad? Uh, we lose by 30. Like, if Phillips and James didn't play, though, and that happened, would you be mad or just like, oh, Only man. if they look like they quit. I mean, I, I, actually, I don't think I that's going to happen. I actually think Alabama could beat you pretty bad, and you still would say they played hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't foresee that. I, I think they'll play with effort. That has not been a problem this year. I, I do wonder, though, with – when you're missing two, uh, assuming they're missing two guys, like mm-hmm. they they, I do think they need to hit some stuff early. Yeah, to because I, I do worry that if you if you don't have Phillips and you don't have James, and all of a sudden you look up and you're down twelve to two, twelve to four, I could see a the. I would hope not, but I could see the crowd getting a little moany. I don't think they're gonna boo them, but just a little. Oh, here we go again. So I just I don't know. If well, booing them would re- would require effort, and most people that go to these games now just don't like to do anything but wow. sit there. Wow. You just hate Tennessee fans, don't you? No. Hmm. 
Just fans that go to games? No. Well, you just said all 21,000 people don't want to do anything at the game. You know, if the uh, if the if the bracketology has it like one seed line off or something, you could have a Tennessee UNC Asheville matchup in round one. Oh boy, the Drew Pember show, <laughs> a big that can shoot. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> That'd be insane. Yeah, they have they have UNC Asheville, Texas, Texas A and M, Clemson, all in the same little thing. Tennessee would be in Greensboro in that pod in this scenario mm-hmm. to start. You know, that the pod system makes so much more sense. Where's the Final Four at this year? I know it's not going to matter. Is it San Antonio? Is it San Antonio? I don't remember. Mm. Oh, it's in Houston. Oh, God. Cougars. Oh, yeah. Playing Home City. Wow, what a pretty cool. Yeah, no kidding. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, for them, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Well, could once you, could you new, imagine? That's your new team. Yeah. Right? Once the new Titans stadium gets done, I'm sure there'll be a Final Four in Nashville. No, you're probably right. Maybe maybe we'll break through by then, by 2030. You can play basketball in there? The Titans? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. New one's going to be a dome. Dome. That, and that, that's one of the reasons I think they're putting in field turf now to get everybody kind of used to it. You saw that, right? Let's hope no. they don't call up Oklahoma State. This yeah, is, I, I'm confused by that. They called a, it turf grass. It looked like real grass. Was it fake? Well, they, they can roll it in and out. Can't it was it. awful. Yeah, I thought it was real grass. That's what I thought. Yeah, I think it was different. That was bad. But it was like but that's like Oklahoma State's famous grass. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. they were tweeting about it, how proud they were that their grass was being used in the Super Bowl, and it was – got. It I wrong. mean, I, I – huh? They got it wrong. They just missed it. I've seen Super Bowls played in mud that were better footing than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, realistically, there's probably nothing actually wrong with the grass. It's probably just, you know, the people who maintain the grass. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how they – I don't know if they planted it or if they transported it or what, but it definitely did not look set. Then I saw some players complaining that whatever, you know – However, they had the stages set up during the halftime show just made, like, huge holes and divots in the in the grass. Oh, no. Really? Yeah, they said it was way worse after halftime. Mm. It makes sense. Did you see the video after halftime of, like, they had probably 50 staffers out there filling in divots? Did after they really? Halftime? I did yeah. not see that. Well, then it couldn't have been turf if they were filling in divots. Yeah. Right? That was what was weird. They called it turf grass. I'm like, well, well I'm confused. Yeah, that don't make sense. Yeah, I mean, because that stadium's famous for having the retractable sides where you can roll the field outside for natural sunlight and then pull it back in. Mm-hmm. Well, good to know. So they're putting in tar- uh, fake turf at Nissan? Mm-hmm. Just yeah, save, I mean, save some money? I don't. It's it's always just weird to me, but Nissan Stadium has not had, I guess maybe because they do so many events, mm-hmm. like the week of the Music City Bowl is always a freaking nightmare. A, the weather's usually been rainy leading up to it, and then you have an NFL game 
the bowl game and another NFL game. So I'm, I'm, you know, and then they've had so many like soft tissue injuries that they're blaming on the field. I don't know if that's true, but yeah, that's one of the excuses they're going to. Even though players, uh, is it like, isn't it the Colts? Like no one wants to go play in Lucas Oil because the mm, the field's fair. so bad. Yeah, or there's just, maybe not so bad. There's been a lot of injuries on that field, and people just don't trust the. I don't know if it's under padded or over padded. Wonder if Hypel ever wants to go to turf. How would you feel about that? That is not an optimistic Tuesday topic. It's just, it's just. Hey, they play on it. I just look at the screen or the I game. Don't, don't like it. Don't like okay, it. yeah, that's fine. The game was meant to be played mm-hmm. on a living. You sound like Charlie Collier. He says no domes, no fake grass ever. Some places need domes, depending on the weather. I don't know that you need a dome in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, that's what though. makes it weird. Like the Bills are, you know, they've got their new rendering, and it is not a dome. But here in Nashville, Tennessee, we got a dome this bad boy. Nashville's I don't even think soft. Well, I don't even think Nashville's. It won't even be retractable. I don't think. I mean, I know why they're doing it. They want to be able to host Super Bowls, and obviously, if it's mm-hmm. you know horrible weather, you're going to be able to make sure that the game's not. Marginalized. Yeah. Players hate turf, turf though. Just I know. It's true. Man, no, you you can't take Neilan back to turf. Okay. Uh, I mean, like the grass. People are faster on turf though. Could you imagine Jalen Hyatt on turf? But if everybody's a little faster, isn't that just well, maybe kind of a myth? I mean, I feel like it's better footing compared to if you have bad grass, but, like, we, we got the money for grass. Indianapolis can't yeah. be that bad, can it? They do the combine every year there, right? Yeah, but people hate actually getting tackled on playing on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a fast track for the combine, I think. That's the deal. We'll come back one more hour three. Stick with us right here on 3 and Out. You're listening to 3 and Out, WKGN, Fan Run Radio. Does your business need storage space? Do you need someone to safely deliver your product to you or your customers? With almost 40 years in the industry, East 10 Warehouse and Distribution is the preferred source for third-party logistics. Our solutions include warehousing, inventory management, order fulfillment, pick-and-pack services, and cross-dock services. Contact East 10 Warehouse and Distribution at 865-521-6143 or visit them online at east10warehouse.com. FanDuel Sportsbook is now legal in Tennessee, and you can place your first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook risk-free. Get up to $1,000 back if you don't win. Seriously, there's no strings attached. Just place any bet you want. If you win, you keep the cash. If you lose, you'll get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in bonus site credit. So then you can take another shot at the end zone on the house. And with FanDuel Sportsbook, generous risk-free bets are just the beginning. They've got a simple app, live betting on every game and exhilarating bet types such as same game parlays where you combine multiple bets from one game into a single parlay and once you win on FanDuel Sportsbook they get your winnings in as little as 24 hours use our promo code three out so they know we sent you that's FanDuel Sportsbook promo code three out must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires seven days after seat terms apply see sportsbook.fanduel.com for details for problem gambling support call one 
Optimism Tuesday. This Valentine's Day edition. If you miss any portion of the program, check out the podcast and subscribe on iTunes. Get those directly to your device. Um, got some. I mean, everybody's pretty optimistic about next year's football team, right? Oh yeah. And apparently, there's some preseason S and P rankings out for all. 133 teams. And do we like the rankings? With the 2023 recruiting class, both traditional signings and transfers in the books for now, and with a reasonable feel for who's returning and who isn't, take our first step towards 2023 college football. The initial projections. There's three primary factors, Chris. Number one. Returning production. Mm-hmm. It's based on rosters. They've updated as much as possible to account for transfers and attrition. The combination of last year's SP ratings and adjustments based on returning production make up about half of the projections formula. Number two, recent recruiting. Mm-hmm. This piece informs us of the caliber of a team's potential replacements and or new stars in the lineup. It's determined by the past few years of recruiting rankings in diminishing order, meaning the most recent class carries the most weight shouldn't it be the opposite like the junior shouldn't they have the most weight anyway Mm. maybe that's accounted for in production uh beginning this season the s&p also incorporates transfers both the quality and volume in a different way after last season's transfer every recruiting shift there's more data for how to handle that this piece makes up about one third of the projection formula number three recent history Using a sliver of information from previous seasons, two to four years ago, gives a good measure of overall program health. It stands to reason that a team that's played well for one year is less likely to duplicate that effort than a team that's been good for years on end, and vice versa. This is a minor piece of the puzzle, though only about 15%. But the projections are better with it than without. The numbers will be updated again in May and August after more transfers and roster changes. And a reminder on the SP Plus number, it's a tempo and opponent-adjusted measure of college football efficiency. It's a predictive measure of the most sustainable and predictable aspects of football, not a resume ranking. And along those same lines, these projections aren't intended to be guessed at what the AP Top 25 will look like at the end of the year. They're simply early offseason power rankings based on the information we have to this point. Here are the full rankings. Y'all know where Tennessee is, but if you're listening, you can guess. Where well, you I mean, we know, rank. but they may not. Tennessee comes in at number six. <sighs> Feels pretty good. Number six in the country. Yes, not yes, the country. Uh, you are third in the Southeastern Conference. Number one in the country is Georgia. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Michigan. Number four, Alabama. Number five, Penn State. Now, I oh mean, <laughs> like, here Penn, we go. Penn State had a better year than that than anticipated this year. Uh, they're finally going to have an elite quarterback next year. Don't know that kid's name off the top of my head, but. It's good because I was about to say, who is that? And you don't know. And they got star running back, so 
Number six, Tennessee. Number seven, LSU. Number eight, Oregon. Number nine, Texas. LSU is seven? Seven, yeah. I mean, okay, I guess. Number 10, USC. Number 11, Florida State. Number 12, Clemson. Number 13, Utah. 14, Oklahoma. 15, Notre Dame. Rounding out the top 20, Washington, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, TCU, and Florida comes in at 20th. Other SEC Florida teams. Florida at 20? Florida at 20. Uh, Mississippi State at 23. Kentucky at 24. Auburn at 26. Arkansas at 29. Missouri at 32. South Carolina at 33. And then scrolling, 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 mm-hmm. scrolling. Have we done them all except Vanderbilt? And at 71, the Vanderbilt... That's actually higher than I thought. I don't feel like I said Arkansas, but I must have. No, I think you did. Like 29 or something? Uh, yes, I did. 29 Arkansas. You're right. Okay, uh, let's break it down by offense and defense because Tennessee, where do you think Tennessee ranks on offense? Well, gee, if we're six overall. Have you already seen this? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, two. Two is correct. Wow. Good guess. What I'm, about on, I'm on a math heater this week. What about defense? This one's harder. And there's big, wide 27. Range. 32. 32. I didn't want to overshoot it. It's like yeah. Price is Right. If I guess too high, I lose. Yep. Uh, Georgia, six on offense, second on defense. They're just really well balanced. Ohio State, one on offense, ten on defense. Michigan, eight on offense, four on defense. Really? Alabama, five on offense, nine on defense. Penn State's 21st in offense, but fifth in defense. Uh, USC is the third best offense, but their defense is 46. So that dropped them down to 10. If we can just figure out the defense a little bit, I didn't. I mean, outside of South Carolina, honestly, I was I was pretty impressed mm. compared to what I thought the defense would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had bad moments, but all things considered, they did mostly just enough in games that you kind of thought were. Scary. Yeah. Like, even against Georgia, they were pretty good. I know Georgia kind of took the air out of the ball, and it was raining and all that, but, I mean, I know everyone's like, well, they gave up 49 to Bama. They really didn't, though. They gave up 42 because we we handed them one touchdown that wasn't really the defense's fault at all. So, I don't know. That's. Did you see what they said about Tennessee coming in? Connolly said about Tennessee. Do you have the quote there? Um, no, I don't. Uh, this is what he said about Tennessee for 2023. Who's ready to ride the Joe Milton roller coaster one last time? After winning the starting job at Michigan in 2020 and Tennessee in 2021, thanks to the rocket launcher attached to his right shoulder, Milton ended up backing up Hooker for most of the past two seasons in Knoxville. And if he's finally able to live up to the hype, Tennessee could do more than that. Balls are replacing Hooker, Hyatt, and Tillman, but returned most of the defense. Plenty of big play weapons. S. Plus is giving Josh Heupel's squad the benefit of the doubt. So, as we figured, it comes down to Milton. Yeah, and in, in, as you look at those sections of the article, that's in the buy, buy, buy section. B U Y. Like we're mm. like Tennessee is underrated in the because Tennessee's tenth in the way too early ESPN poll, and he's saying mm. buy Tennessee. He's saying they're going to be even uh-huh. better. 
Oh gosh, am I gonna have to pick eleven and one this year? Uh, you if you're gonna be the king of the sunshine pumpers, would I hate for you to be the king of the neck of football too? SP Plus was pretty close to our prediction last year. We were nine coming in the early season last year. So we finished sixth in the final poll, and they have us preseason six? Apparently. Okay. And second in your own division. (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) Got to beat Georgia. (laughs) Got to beat Georgia. (laughs) Must win. What? <laughs> we we got to beat Georgia. What do you mean, got it? Hang on, wait, wait, hang on. I think we got to beat South Carolina. I don't know if I'm going to sit here and say we have to beat Georgia. Maybe I'll dream it up. How about know? just go 11 and one and lose to Georgia and then see them again in the playoffs? That's what should have happened this year. I mean, it'd be fun to beat them, you know, yeah, as many times as you play Let's them. Just be, we got to beat everybody. That's just. <laughs> Maybe. Season's a dang failure if we don't beat the dogs. Mm. You do get them at home, and obviously they're going to have. See, that's the, it's their only tough game. I know, which is actually great. That's actually really good. No, yeah, you can go eleven and one, lose at Georgia, and then make the playoff. And there's a chance that they're just kind of sleepwalking through their season at that point. Like, oh, okay, well, I yeah. doubt it. I mean, Kirby's a pretty good motivator, but still. Yeah, we've heard the speeches. I want to play for that guy. Okay, we're going to break. <laughs> It's Optimism Tuesday. Don't ever say that again. Jeez, man. Final segment of the program. Man, it is. I will say, for all the debate on how good or not good the basketball team is, the fact that we got baseball coming and they're good, football. I mean, everybody's going to be so excited about it all summer. Six. Refreshing. Six is good. Yeah, I think we were 10th in the, uh, like, just kind of too early one dude's poll, you know, at ESPN, so. That's fine. Like One dude. Psh. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. What does he know? Probably more than all of us. The Georgia game's just cake. I mean, you got to make sure you beat the, the Floridas and the... Cake? If you win it. Okay. I mean, it is at home and Alabama's on the road. I thought you meant... Like it's such an easy game. It's no, a cakewalk. No, no, no. no. Yeah, it's like ha- it's like having your cake and eating it too. You know? mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, Alabama's gonna be tough. Georgia's gonna be tough. It's the same story as last year. I think if we win every game but those two, I'll consider it a success, no matter how those two go. Even though it will be disappointing if if you like win every game except those two, and then one of those two is like a nail biting loss, you know, and that keeps mm-hmm. you from going to Atlanta or making the playoff or whatever, but if you could clearly establish yourself as above the heap of teams that are always battling for 
second, th- you know, or third in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Arkansas, like they were kind of took a step in that direction two years ago, and then last year they stepped right back. I, we can't yeah. be that team. Yeah. You can't be that team that, like, loses to Florida and Missouri this year. You just can't. You can't go 8-4 and four with losses to Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Missouri. You can't. Yeah. Or whoever, you know. Well, I, I mean, it's weird. Like, I feel like that's the step this team needs to take, but it's also it seems pretty easy. Although I do think South Carolina recruited pretty well, and they're going to do pretty well in the transfer portal too, but I don't care. You can't lose that game. I mean, it's here. You can't. Mm-mm. You can't lose to South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri. You just can't. And the Florida game's first out of all those types of games. Mm-hmm. So, like, it sets the tone for the whole year. That one make you nervous since it's down there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just ask me that? No, I'm just – a lot of people are like, oh, Florida, we're past them. They're terrible. They're going to stink. This is the SEC. That's what I'm Tennessee's saying. Tennessee's had a lot – Tennessee has not had as many – well, I, we've had singular shake-your-head games. A lot of these teams play these games every year where it's like, mm-hmm. well, we beat that team. That makes no sense. And then we lost to this team. That made no sense either. Tennessee's had only a, f- a few of those sprinkled in over the years. Not so much. Not like the West. Like, the SC West has all these weird. Mm-hmm. It's like, how did Auburn beat this team? And then how did that team beat Auburn? And then how did this, you know. It does seem to be a little more consistent in the East. If we yeah. cannot win in the Swamp next year, it might get ugly. I, Florida is terrible. I don't disagree with you, but there's no reason why we couldn't win you know, in the cockpit last year. That's true. Well, and you mentioned Virginia being a very emotional game. You know, not only is it the first game of the season, but they're coming, that's the first game since that tragedy over there. I think that might, but it might help us actually be a good, yeah, a good thing. Um, that it's that it's just a power team. I don't not yeah. not the tragedy part, yeah. but it's at least a it's an ACC team. You know, it's yeah. not it's yeah. not like yeah. and they're not going to be that good. It's don't not like sleep going to play on UTSA either next year. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that that so could be. I've that's what I was saying. Material. They got a chance to be pretty good. You got Missouri Auburn tonight, ESPN two seven o'clock. We'll get you all ready for uh, Tennessee and Alabama. The showdown tomorrow, uh, LSU Georgia. Not very too many good games this evening. Uh, top twenty five. It's not even really a good one. You can watch DJ Burns on ACC Network at seven. I'll do that. Yeah, Creighton and Providence, FS1. That's a good matchup. Favorite, though. seven have o'clock. To, might have to give in. Both in the top twenty-five. <laughs> Keep it locked in for more fan run radio.